He's ready and waiting for this week's edition of Pinch of Salt. Coming up next, Peter Goffwood. Okay, and uh, modern technology is absolutely fantastic when it does work, and um, I'm going to have to get Peter back. So uh, just give me a moment. I'm going to go back to some music. Uh, wait, wait. Here he comes. Here he comes. Here he comes. Peter? Sorry, Peter? I, <laughs> I was about to put some more music on, and there you popped up again. So good morning. Good morning. How are you this week? Good morning, Liz. Yes, fantastic. Great to listeners as well. I'm, I'm brilliant this morning. I'm having a fantastic week. I have to say I cannot complain. Um, yeah, it's been it's been quite an experience. Um, I've had loads of cooking functions, and uh, particularly one in particular, which is what I wanted to talk about today, um, was old South African wines. Oh, um, I, you know, there's always you know whenever you have these debates and these international writers and people always who think they know this. Oh, yeah, South African wines are great, but they they're not made like the you know the proper french gear they never made to last well i have to say that um I, what i tasted and witnessed this week this week um put that kind of to rest that's absolute nonsense um there, there is a fabulous place called the tabernacle cellar mm-hmm. in stellenbosch and it's it's this kind of underground secret lair for want of a better word um and it was it's, it's actually built in the in the in the early 70s um, by by the guys who who were, who were in charge of what was then the Stellenbosch Farmers Winery mm-hmm. uh, SFW before it, it, it merged into into Distel. and <clears throat> apparently it was a it was a, like a, a very sort of clandestine secret kind of uh, operation because because they they used budgets from other departments to build this kind of cellar, <laughs> um, so no one really knew about it, and it's they it's just kind of been. It's there all the time, but it's just been refurbed and it's just been painted and given a new lease of life recently. Um, and what it is is a library of South African wines. It's basically the history of South African winemaking. Wow! I mean, they've got wines in there that go back to the 1940s. Goodness gracious! Um, that's... I mean, and, and, and I mean that wine, but some of the fortified stuff is even older. I mean, they still mm. have <clears throat> uh, one of I think there's three bottles. They used to have three now. Now have one left of. Of the dessert wine, uh, Grand uh, Grand Constance, which is uh, 1821. So there's some seriously old stuff, and it's kept in pristine condition. I mean, it's well looked after. They every year they re well not every year, but they recork the bottles. So the bottles are all tested. They open them, they test the wine to see if it's still in pristine condition, if it's aged well, and then they recork them. Goodness because obviously gracious. one of the things over time that deteriorates mm. is that is that closure. Yes. Well, that's what ends up ruining the wine is that that, that cork of, often will, will crumble over time and and, 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 and the wines become oxid, um, uh, oxidized. Yes. So they recork all the wines. So what they do what they're doing now is they're having for the first time is they're having an auction what they're trying to do is raise funds so i, I think the plan is uh, if i understood correctly the plan is to build a proper library of south african wines i mean the, the, the cellar the the tabernacle cellar has about thirty thousand bottles of wine oh, but there's other pockets of that kind of old stuff around and i think the plan is to raise funds to build a kind of standalone institution that would serve as the kind of the, the library for South African wines. And um, so I was 
I was only invited to provide lunch. I wasn't part of the tasting, although, <laughs> oh, no. although I didn't stick my... Well, I mean, I say I wasn't part of the tasting. I, I still got to taste all the wines. Ah, I'm very pleased um, to hear that because that was uh, immediately I was disappointed for you there. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was upstairs cooking while the, while the taste was going on, but once I was ready, I... And we've got load shedding kicking in here right now. Um, just waiting for Peter's connection to resume. This is Helderberg FM 93.6. And uh, we're busy with a pinch of salt right now with Peter Goffwood, who's talking about old wines. He was at the Tabernacle Cellar this past week. Um, so forgive us, but yeah, you would know, if you're here in the Helderberg, you would have noticed that load shedding has just kicked in. So uh, it has affected our internet connection. Just give it a moment and it will be back. Um, I'm going to, and let's just see. So if you could just, I'm just going to pop some music on, and as soon as Peter's back, um, then we can we can continue with a pinch of salt. My sincere apologies, but uh, load shedding. Yep, load shedding, load shedding, load shedding. And uh, our apologies for that disruption, but uh, load shedding kicking in and causing a little bit of a problem. And we had to revert back to telephones, Peter Goffwood. Can you believe it? Oh, going back in time. Oh, <laughs> The vagaries of old technology. Um, I know. Yes, I know. It's load shedding where I am in Hout Bay as well, so I think that's we were we were dead in the water with that. With that no, totally. I'm just waiting for the internet to come back in. It's just too slow for us. So I thought, well, let's just revert to a telephone call again. <laughs> 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 so we're talking okay, about yeah, so was I? yeah so, about uh, about the tabernacle about the and wines. yes. Yeah. So so the, the, the three wines that really stood out with the tasting was was two. Two 1974 cabs, one from Overkow and one from Niederberg. And they were just, I mean, it was, you know, you know sometimes you taste an old wine, you go, well, this is fabulous, considering it's 30 or 40 years old or whatever, however old it is. But this was a case of, of, of it was just beautiful. It was still a natural fruit, fruitiness to it. The wines were in immaculate condition. And then the, the star of the day was, uh, was a, a George Spice Cabernet, a GS Cabernet, and, and that was in 1968. And that was just completely and utterly off the charts. I mean, it was just magnificent, you know. And I say, it's not, it's not that, oh, it's lasted, that, you know, it's, it's okay, but it's, no, this was so, it's still so drinkable. I mean, mm. unfortunately, at about 80,000 rand a bottle, not so <gasps> drinkable. Um, <Ooh. laughs> um, but, um, you know, it was the most glorious wine. And, and so, so to be drinking something that was, that was, what, uh, 50... 54, 54 years old was quite impressive. You know, it was it was really quite 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 something. So almost so almost as old as we are, Peter. Peter, almost as old as we are. Hey. <laughs> yes, almost, almost. Good vintages. <laughs> yes, indeed. Almost as old as we are, and it's always one of those things that you have to. It's an old tradition, and you have to. If you taste the wine that's older than you, you have to do it standing up. It's, oh. it's very strange. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, you're not allowed to do it. It's, it's a sign of respect. If you drink something that's older than you, you have to do it standing. That is very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. So I, so I was lucky. So we did a lunch after, and that's where I came. Um, we had we had more current vintages. There was no point in, in trying to drink mm. those older wines with food because because it, you wanted it to be about the wine and, and have no kind of side distraction with food. So so I did lunch with, with some more current vintages and some beautiful, beautiful wine as well. Um, I made a, we had a, a white blend, which is a, a, from Durbanville Hills, which was a Sauvignon Blanc Sauvignon blend. And that I did with a, um, a salt-cured uh, 
salted um, trout, mm. um, salmon trout, with uh, like a pickled fennel and caper salad with some preserved lemons and a little bit of um, um, mayonnaise, like a little roast garlic mayonnaise. Then for the main course, we had the Niederberg Two Centuries Cabernet, which was the most glorious Cabernet of 2017, I think. It was really, really gorgeous. And that I made a um, uh, Boeuf Bourguignon, uh, which is a traditional braised, beef braised in red wine. But I used a, I used a Wagyu brisket, oh. which I slow cooked for about three hours in red wine with lots of, lots of little um, mushrooms and onions and, and, and bacon. Mm. Which, and just mm. that was served with a nice creamy dollop of mash. Mm. And then the third was was one of my favourites, and that was the wine was the Edelkira, uh, which is one of the, the Noble Eight Harvests, and that was a 2010, and it's, it's kind of a, that 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 copper tea uh, tint to the colour. It was absolutely beautiful to drink, and that That's... I went old school and I made a rice pudding. Oh, so the I vine. made um, uh, a caramelised <laughs> a caramelised Nazi and cardamom rice pudding, uh... um, which I think is something I sort of took to the portion. I have to put my mic... You know what you're doing to me? I have to put my mic off because if people had to hear the sound effects coming from me right now, they would question whether they're listening to a family, you know, orientated radio station. Oh, my goodness, rice pudding. Yes, yes, yes. It sounds delicious. It's a beautiful beautiful rice pudding. You you start with a base of butter and sugar and you make a caramel so it gives a nice, like a golden brown, almost fudgy colour. And then you um, you use risotto rice. Because that, that has a natural creaminess to it, and also it holds its integrity of the actual rice kernels. So you add the rice to that, then milk and cream. I'll actually send the recipe so that you can Please. put it on the website. Yes. Um, milk and cream, and then uh, vanilla, uh, notch, zest, and, and cardamom pods. And then you literally put it in the oven in a big, in a big uncovered, you put it in an oven at about 130, 140 degrees for about uh, 45, 50 minutes. And it just slowly bubbles, and it just gets that lovely skin on top, and it's all creamy, and it's got this lovely kind of golden, rich colour to it, and it's just magnificent. That, that was the dessert one, and I made some, I did some little caramelised nachi segments and a little twill biscuit to go with it, and that was kind of the dessert that worked out quite nicely. Sounds absolutely delicious. I was I was thinking of trying yeah. some new croissant bread and butter pudding with like marmalade and chocolate chips, but I think that your rice pudding has won the day. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, the rice pudding is definitely definitely a, a one with bread. It's just so easy. It's actually quite funny because it's it's a recipe from from a chef who used to work with me in the UK, uh, Carol Craddock. And she said to me one Sunday lunch, she said, can we put this rice pudding on the menu? I said, I'm not putting rice pudding <laughs> in the restaurant. She said, we'll make one back. And she said, and if, if people don't like it, we, you'll never hear about it again. I said, fine. Oh, uh, my word. We had people complain when we tried to take it off the menu. People wow. came to the restaurant for the rice pudding. It just, it's just one of those things that just, it's so deceptively simple. Mm. And you literally put all the ingredients in the pot, you put it in the oven, you take it out and you eat it. That sounds like my kind of pudding. I mean, but it's just, it's just so, it's, it's the simplicity of it, it's just so brilliant. You know, it's just this plump, rich, creamy, oh, it's quite simple. And it's and it goes with this noble eight harvest very well, and yeah. I think that that's the yeah. yeah I, I, it mm. sounds like it just yo dear. No, I'm 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 getting hungry. Ah, <laughs> but it sounds like you had a really incredible week and um, saw you know something which maybe most of us wouldn't really get to see. Yeah. No, that's it. It was quite. It was I felt quite privileged. In fact, I had a brilliant week. I also cooked the day before. I had um, 
five Swedish brand ambassadors um, uh, that were out here for a week to do a wine tour, um, and uh, two of which were actually uh, winners of Sweden, uh, uh, MasterChef Sweden. Mm. And we did a cooking session together. I and I cooked with them, and they get, they got to cook. Um, they cooked with a couple of winemakers and some locals, and and we did like a whole South African spread from they had to make pop and borscht. Oh, they had to make it. So they had to make it. I got all the bits and pieces, and they mixed their meat together and roasted their coriander, and then they had to eat sausages and pop and slurp. They made samosas, pickled fish. They made proper lamb sarsies. And we also did a little smoked venison loin for them as well. So. Absolutely fantastic. It so sounds divine. Week. I mean, fantastic week, I have to say. It's been, it's been an absolute pleasure. And then, of course, I'm, I'm sure that um, from your perspective, you must be absolutely thrilled about uh, the restrictions, the last remaining restrictions oh. being lifted because uh, the hospitality industry, you know, apart from the entertainment industry, has been one of the hardest hit. So no. you must have been – have you had your bonfire yet? With the masks, oh, I'm, sure. I'm, 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 I'm still holding up just in case, in case someone's yeah. April Fool or kidding, put the masks back on. No, I tell you, um, I had to go to the airport yesterday and to to walk in and just not have to oh, bother. Mask on, I know. Oh, it was an absolute so, a, a feeling of freedom. It was absolutely brilliant. But now that we mentioned that, I was actually something else that I wanted to mention on a more serious note. It was a conversation I was having with someone. And it was it related back. It actually stemmed out of out of a conversation about about lockdown and about the pandemic yes. and about the restriction of alcohol sales and bits and pieces. Mm. And, and the conversation was going on about you know we clearly have an issue of, of an alcohol abuse issue in this country that we need to do something about. Yeah. And this person, these people were talking about oh there needs to be additional the additional legislation controlling controlling hours and controlling access. And, and someone made this valid point, and I actually then took it upon myself to go and check to see what they were saying was, 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 was true. And they said, we actually have fairly draconian uh, le- uh, legislation governing uh, selling of alcohol, distribution of alcohol. We have quite harsh rules. The problem is, in this country, is rules are flouted and mm. they aren't police. Yes. I mean, I'll give you one for example. I'll give you one for example, because it's a big issue. And that's the, the issue of underage drinking. Mm. So, you know, now, if you, I, mean, I mean, obviously, you go to any club these days. I mean, I know as a kid, you know, you, you might, someone might ask you how old you are when you go in, but have you ever been in a bar or a nightclub where you've seen someone ask a person who orders yeah. for ID? It doesn't happen. Well, no. I, I'll be honest with you. My son was, but he looks very young. Um, yeah. So you know, he there are people that look older than what their years are, um, yeah. and but he looks young. So he is, he is if he goes out with friends, he, he really has to make sure he's got his ID with him. Okay. But I, I completely well, understand. Um, but well, that's the exception. You know, yeah. that's one place that he's been to where he knows yeah. he's going to be asked. Well, here's the thing. Current legislation, do you know what the fine is if you are caught and convicted selling alcohol to, to underage, to, to, to kids? I don't, no. Okay. Keep your, keep your hat on. The fine is a million rand. That's, yeah. That's, that's the fine in legislation. So that's not an exaggeration. That's in our current laws that anyone caught selling, convicted of selling to minors carries a fine of a million bucks. That's a lot of money. I thought that was outrageous, but I actually went, because I thought, now this guy's just 
he's, he's, he's trying to, he's exaggerating to effect in this conversation with him. And I actually went to the, the liquor, um, the, the liquor regulations. Mm. And it's there in black and white. That's the fine. Sure. So we have, we have the legislation to control these things. We just choose not to, and mm. it's just not policed enough. And I think that any any uh, establishment that is caught a, a million rand, uh, the majority of establishments out there that would that would close their doors, one hundred percent. So uh, it, it, be yeah. the end of them. I think so, that the, so you think that they're more vigilant. I mean, you, you're overseas, yeah. you can't get you can't get drinks unless mm. you look like I do, um, <laughs> you know, um, without ID. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. It is a huge and problem. It, and it should be. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it should be. That's the whole point of the exercise. You know, the point we've got is you've got youngsters who are binge drinking when uh, they're 14 or 15 years old. Yeah. You know, that, that doesn't get any better. That's where, the, that's where the problem comes in. That's where the driving, the drunk driving comes in. Mm. That's where the domestic abuse starts. You know, if you're, if you're binge drinking at that age, uh, you know, what is the future? Yeah. Before I let you go, do you think that it's that um, owners of establishments that sell alcohol uh, need to take responsibility? Um, yes. because I think so, because, the, well, because, because at the end of the day, and, and you know this yourself, because you were one once. Yes. Teenagers are teenagers. Oh, yeah. No, you're going to push the boundaries. To, to, they're going to try and get away with everything they possibly can. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so it's it's a case of you know it's not saying all our teenagers should be more responsible. Uh, you know, I, I think teenagers are incapable of being responsible. That's just the nature of being a teenager. Yeah. Um. So, so that it, it needs to be policed on their behalf. So, I definitely think the bottle store owners or the pub owners or the nightclub owners are, are, are the, the guardians of that and mm. are, are the ones who should be putting their foot down, regardless yeah. of affect their bottom line yeah. you know you only need to get bust once yeah. that bottom line of yours to disappear completely absolutely a very a conversation that I think um, one can continue sometime in the future yeah. and uh, yeah. the responsibility around it one can enjoy but one has to do it responsibly thank you so yeah. much for today I loved listening to um, uh, you know sort of um, voyeuristically about your experiences this week really really great <laughs> and uh, I look forward to getting that recipe from you um, so that we can pop it on and so that I can try it because, yeah, we love rice pudding in our family. So uh, definitely want to try that. Thank you so much, Peter. Always a pleasure, Vanessa. And to listeners, until next week, may the source be with you. Bye-bye.